Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. Dr. Willie Wilson is one of the names that you will find on your February 28th ballot if you live in the city of Chicago. Well, you know what? Actually, you may see it on your ballot today. Early voting has started. It is available in all 50 of Chicago's wards. There are even some weekend hours, if that's the best time for you. So voting is already underway. February 28th is, of course, Election Day, which will be the final day to cast your ballot in this race. And from now till then, we are asking each of the candidates for mayor to spend some time with us talking about the issues and answering questions about their ideas, their agenda, and their campaign. Toward that end, we now welcome Dr. Willie Wilson. How are you today? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing really, really well. Uh, thank you for asking, and happy Valentine's Day to you, too. Thank you. Thank you, you too, and all the <laughs> guests and people who's at the station as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a, we have a lot to talk about, so let's get to it. But I want to start by, by looking back. You know, you were one of the people in the crowded field, uh, where Lori Lightfoot emerged as a winner last time around. You eventually supported her, and yet this time around you have decided to run against her again. One of the things that you really helped her with, as I recall last time around, was taking her to some of the churches. You have a lot of of religious support, particularly in the south and west sides. That was an area where she had not made great inroads, and you took her and you introduced her to those communities, and you were sort of a a liaison there. Um, Since you are in the race yourself this time around, I'm guessing you are counting on that support for yourself, Dr. Wilson. Well, yeah, last time when I supported her, um, I just, like I always say, I made a hell of a mistake. And um, it was a mistake, you know. And so um, that's basically all I can say about about that. Uh, I don't think she would not have um, um, been mayor today if I had not uh, made that comment and uh, took around to the churches and did what we did. But it was a mistake. And um, I, I kind of like now we running to help kind of get Chicago hopefully back on track where it should be. And, uh, uh, you know, let's, well, let's dig into that. that. Let's you know? be specific. What is, what is the, the biggest, when you look at that and say that was a mistake, what is the biggest area of, um, disagreement you have with her now? Where has she gone, uh, in what, on what topic or in what area has she gone in a direction that you cannot support? Well, I can't support her or anything, but to get out of the office, we're going to put it out of there on the 28th. But I, I would say this, the number one topic is crime, crime. The second one to me is taxes. If you don't get crime on a belt and taxes, you can forget about it because people are going to move out of the city. Uh, business going to move out of the city. People going to shop out of the city. New business going to come into the city. Uh, you, you know, so you got to deal with those two. If you can't deal with those two, the rest of it ain't much use in talking about it. You got to back your police officers. Uh, you got to let them know you're behind them. 
and and you got to remove some of these stipulations so they can do their job. You know, I, I, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, and um, those, some of the area there, we'll put the poor police superintendent, divide the city, and let everybody be accountable, and we'll integrate the cars and uh, make sure that we got a mixture of people that they can relate to the uh, community. Uh, I did release my uh, uh, plan for crime to, to today at the press conference at uh, the city club. Tell us about it. You need can to, you give us can you give us some highlights? Well, there were two there. The other ones are basically making sure they pay more money, making sure they got uh, a wellness center that they can go to and and check in every week to. Does anybody want to talk to anybody about, uh, you know, suicide is this high? And they could talk to people there, and uh, they can re- remove some of these restrictions that they can't chase somebody when they run, uh, get that removed off them. Uh, and, and, and those just just some of them, and we talked to hundreds of police officers around the, uh, around the city, and they need to be felt that if they – do something that they're not going to lose their job or lose their pension. Uh, they got family to take care of. So they don't know which way to go. And, and How do you so, balance that? How do you balance the police feeling that the local city government has their back and also concerns, especially in some neighborhoods, that the police um, sometimes take justice into their own hands and operate uh, like they're not accountable to anybody. How do you balance those two things? Well, in certain areas in Chicago, everyone has to um, be held accountable. Look, those police officers are people from out of our community, you know, and and and, and so you got to look at at that. You got to take them uh, uh, put on a monthly basis or, or maybe more often a cap meeting. And one of those particular out of the four superintendent policemen can get to those cap meetings on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, along with the politician, and uh, and then begin to talk in this uh-huh. situation and, and problem, bring people together. Um, you know, uh, the crime is, is it has no color. You know, so I ain't think about color. You know, because crime hurt everybody. I lost a twenty year old son to violence. And, and and so in order to get things right, of course, you got to put infrastructure in place, too. But police officers from our community, so you, you you can't separate them necessarily. You they from our community, of our community, and they're heroes. They're the first one on the line 24-7 who goes out every day and put their lives on the line for, for us. Well, you have said, I mean, obviously you're, you're waging a tough on crime campaign. You've said that you want to take the handcuffs off of police, uh, that you want them to be able to be more aggressive when they run down suspects. Um, can you see though where that frightens some people? Because, you know, we have a federal consent decree because of problems with how the police force was behaving, and frankly, a lot of people are even upset that the consent decree has not been put in place more thoroughly than it has up to this point. Well, let me let me correct you exactly what I said. I said you take the handcuff off the police officer and put him on a warrant that that done did 
uh, of, of the tribe. Uh, and today at my press company, I have about six, seven, eight uh, women's there, female. That one of them, that female uh, son got shot 27 times, I think, well, last week, and got caught. Uh, there's a lot of people that running around right now done got uh, lost, lost loved ones and ain't got caught six months or a year and still running around to to commit a crime to somebody else. It seems like to me people are more concerned about sympathy for the crooks than the police and law-abiding citizens. That don't make sense. I mean, I mean, look, these 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 guys and ladies, whoever it is, is, is going to go down the street the next day or the next week and hurt or kill someone else. And so that's what I said, and I, I'd be very clear on that, you know. And and I I, I said that we gotta catch them and run them down, and like a rabbit, I said, and that they're gonna act like an animal, then that's what they are. You know, and then they're going to go around and kill somebody else and nobody get caught. Everybody just complaining and nobody get caught. And these uh, families are burying people, their loved ones. Senior citizens can't go out the house. People's frightened to death. I, I uh, look, you got to use common sense. Everybody must be held accountable, including myself. This is not a issue of, 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 of just a easy situation that you can just just say, but this is a serious situation. This is crime. These are people losing their lives, and, and people are going to have sympathy for those people who kill people. It, it don't make sense, and don't ever get caught. Dr. Wilson, we need to take a quick break. I want to continue to talk to you about public safety, one of the big, if not the biggest issue of this campaign, we're Dr. Willie Wilson and I are going to take a real quick break. We're going to be back with more right after this. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. Every weekday afternoon from 2 to 5 p.m. on WCPT 820. We are talking to the Reverend Dr. Willie Wilson, who is running to be the next mayor of the city of Chicago. We have been talking about crime and safety and he has been explaining uh, the way he would like to support the police going forward uh dr wilson um you and paul vallis have both been described as the most pro-police of all the candidates you both have also um been um described as republican candidates um paul vallis did get the fraternal order of police endorsement do you feel that the police are supporting your campaign? And if so, how does your stance on law and order? Who Who is reacting to that? Who is supporting you because of your stance? Well, I look, I'm, I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I'm for the people. Uh, I'm not even running to offer to get paid a paycheck. I don't want a paycheck. You know, I'm not collecting money and sit to thousand, a hundred thousand or a million dollars for nobody because I'm not going to have allowed it to drive me between the decision between the community and, uh, and, and, and someone else. So my time is free. You get me free of charge. I am a business person. I understand it. You know, uh, so, so you're saying that you haven't I, been pursuing any endorsements. 
Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, those people who want to endorse me, that's fine. I will get uh, endorsed by the uh, Polish of, uh, of Congress, the state of uh, Illinois. We got endorsed by the Latina Minister of uh, Alliance, uh, the Filipina, uh, uh, the Italian Police Association, uh, the African-American Minister, of course. And, and, and no, no, no. We got endorsed. And I... Um, I, look, I, I walk on anybody in, in, in endorsement. I, I'm not running for the job for a paycheck. You know, I'm running for the people. And and so if if a Republican is 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 going to not raise taxes on people, I'm Republican. If the Democrat is not going to raise taxes on people, I'm Democrat. But if either one of them going to raise taxes on people, I'm not for them. That's it. You know. So. We uh, look. We we we're just trying to help, and 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 I look. I love Chicago. I got my start in Chicago. It's it's time for me to step out and do something because I have the resources in terms of. I don't necessarily have to get up tomorrow morning and go to work. So let me give something back and try to help this city without any charge. Well, Dr. Wilson, you obviously have plenty of money to fund your campaign, but if you're elected mayor of Chicago, I'm not sure you want to dip into your personal checking account to fund the city of Chicago. And without raising some taxes somewhere, how are you going to fund some of the ideas that you want, some of the programs that you want? Well, let me put it this way. When you raise taxes, you run people out of Chicago. How are you going to raise taxes on people when they don't even have enough money to buy milk and egg at home? How? You know? How you, where are you going to get the money from? You know? But if you lower taxes, you keep them here in Chicago. They shop in Chicago. They don't have to go out in the suburban. The business stays here. You know, but the way they're going now, raising tax, you keep running them out. But if you lower taxes, here again, you lower taxes, people stay in shop. It's just like if you go to a service station. If it's gasoline, a few pennies less, and one is high on the other side of the, city, the street, they're going to go to the one that's less. Because the, the consumer needs the dollar to survive and take care of his family. So I never have figured out. How do you raise taxes and run people out of this city and expect to fund this program? These, these young ladies, young men, and, and senior citizens losing their home for taxes, other people go and, and buy them from them and lease them. Well, let's say, let's say your, your idea is right. You lower taxes and you make the city of Chicago a more attractive place to live, to work, and shop. Still, between the time you lower taxes... And the time people decide, hey, maybe I'll move there, it's not as expensive as it used to be. There will be at least some sort of, of gap. What programs are you going to cut? What budgets are you going to cut to make up that shortfall? Well, let's put it this way. Right now, you got more than a short call because shortfall because every time you raise the tax, people keep moving out. That's a flood that keeps going out of the city. And they came, they shop out of the city and things of that nature. But, but see, you got to understand, I'm a business person. I have to balance my budget. One morning I woke up and I was $72,000 uh, in debt. Well, it took me another year to be cut, make ways uh, work. 
and to get out of that debt. All right. These you look every time you got an issue in the city of Chicago, these politicians raise taxes on people. You got to be able to solve a problem without raising taxes on people and running this citizen out of this out of the city. Look. I would get involved the people in the city of Chicago, and we would talk, we would work together, because one person can't figure it out by themselves. it take a people. One person, just because you're the mayor of the city of Chicago, doesn't give you the right to make decisions for all of us. You get you get consensus. You talk to people. You have these monthly meetings and things like that. And you sit down, you work them out. I have experience in, in, in the business world, and we've, we've done this. You know, in the business world, if you don't do your job and you lose money, well, you get fired. You know, this administration now, uh, they get what they do. They they get themselves raises, automatic raises right now, automatic raises when people came buy food at the store. You, you ain't going nowhere there. I mean, just using common sense. So, yeah, there'll be time that we can run up against a situation we have to sit down and work a different way. You know, bidding some of these contracts out, balancing budgets, uh, and, and, and uh, making sure that the, that the people you give tax break to major corporation as well as small corporation, too. And see, people got to understand, when you give tax breaks to major corporation that they can survive, they got thousands and thousands of other small businesses that 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 uh, support them, and the business survive to support the community. So the tax breaks that. that you're talking about are mostly for big and small businesses. What about property tax relief? What about lowering the taxes uh, for the average person? That's what we talk about too. Because see, you you really don't when 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 you raise the taxes, you run people out. But when you lower taxes, the people stay here and spend more money in town. I, I'm talking about the citizen itself. But e- even if you lower taxes on the small business, and large business, those consumers uh, is is feeding off the the the, the community because they're working in these particular businesses. You know, so you people got to understand how business works and how you keep people here. The way they're going right now, you would never survive. You kick a can down the road. This mayor right now raised taxes already. Then they raised red light camera taxes. Uh, uh, the people that ain't friendly to to the, the citizen, you know. So you, you just don't go that way. You find ways and solutions by working with the community, working with the business people, and make this thing work. Indiana does it. Texas does it. Florida does it. All these different, uh, Nevada does it, Arizona, Las Vegas, and all those places, places do it. We're smarter than those places, in my opinion, with the Midwest. You know? But, but, but some of these people in office now just don't get it. You know? We, we have to get in there and roll our sleeve up and make it happen because instead of some pay a person to a job and they come along and say, well, okay, I'm gonna raise taxes on you to do a job. Well, you don't need to, Nobody's going to be mayor and you don't put them in there, going to come around and raise your taxes and, and, and run you out of the city. You do realize that the three states you held up an example, Florida, Indiana, Texas, are all deeply red states. We need to take a break, Dr. Wilson. We're going to continue this discussion when we come right back after this. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs, is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com slash clean energy. 
Now back to Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. February 28th, there is an election in the city of Chicago. There are nine candidates who are vying to, if not be the next mayor, at least get into the runoff that will likely be on the books for April 4th. We are talking to Dr. Willie Wilson right now, and uh, we have a caller who wants to join our conversation. Matthew is calling in from Chicago. Matthew, you're on with me and Willie Wilson. Go ahead with your question. Okay, good afternoon to both of you. Um, My thing is about crime and discipline. Uh, The reason the, the crime is so rampant because the parents don't discipline their children. The children aren't afraid of anything. They're 12, 13, and 14 years old is the majority of the ones that's doing the carjacking and killing people. I remember a time when we knew the police on the beat, when there weren't all these automatic weapons. There was something called zip guns. But now they can't walk the beat. The police can't walk the beat because the perpetrators have automatic weapons. The police don't want to walk into the neighborhood. So something needs to be done to these parents of these children. The parents are 25, 26, 27 years old. They don't know anything themselves. So I would like to ask Dr. Willie Wilson, could he have any idea to implement something that would put discipline back into the family statute? Dr. Wilson, you want to take that and run with it? Well, yeah, uh, I I look, we can... You know, some people go through different type of situation, personal, within their home and their lives, and they make those decisions. Some got different situations. Some people came up with, come up without parents, and some people don't have food to eat and things of that nature. That's a situation there. We just have to make sure that, economically speaking, that they can have enough resources to to make a living and those type of things, but the rest of it in terms of discipline to their parents, I, I I'll be honest with you, I don't have an answer for that right there. No more than to try to make things convenient as possible from an economic standpoint of view and put things in place for these young men and young ladies out here that they have something to do and try to maybe start it into schools and things of that nature, and even if they end up going to 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 jail for some misdemeanor or whatever they do. Once they serve their time, uh, they get out. But before that time, put some type of trade within those prison system as well as in the school before you pass from one grade to the next grade to try to make things better for them in terms of their social life and things of that nature. And, and, and also mental health. You know, open some of those centers back up. Uh, we got to get those type of situation together as well. It, it, it's tough when you got areas out here that people can't even afford uh, hollow to make a living. And, and, and so my job, as I see it, would be as mayor is trying to make those things convenient there, but to put a fine on the parents and things of that nature. No, I, that one there, I, I, that had to become from the people themselves. But they had to do that. I wouldn't jump involved in that because I don't know what the situation are, you know, things of that nature. So that's probably the best way that I can answer that. My job, again, is to try to make things convenient, economic, socially, the best we can and have things for them to do, including not only the kid, including the parents, too. You know, uh, Dr. Wilson, we actually had a listener text in 
a very similar question. Well, in the same vein, anyway, as Matthew's question, they texted in, what type of prison mentorship and rehabilitation do you support to improve prison conditions and help end the revolving door? I realize that that's not necessarily part of what a Chicago mayor um, does as uh, as part of their job, but uh, it is related a little bit to Matthew's question. So do you have any thoughts on how to end that revolving door and how to, you know, how to make sure that people who've done their time actually are reintegrated into the community? Well, one of the things you have to do, the one that's in Chicago, which the mayor says Chicago, Put program together. I, now I, I I admit, like I got a lot of people out of jail for misdemeanor and nonviolent that had been sitting in jail six months or a year and didn't even have a court date. You know, some of them was in there for stealing food for their parents and themselves and babies and things of that nature too. But we got a lot of them out, and then we got a lot of them out for misdemeanor and nonviolent. We we acted with my resource that I particularly have was that to, uh, I went in my pocket and gave them money myself, but as far as the city is concerned, you got to have trade once they got out, that place for them to live, affordable housing, you know, you got to have a trade school, uh, apprenticeship, that people can learn skills that don't have them, don't have the money, but have, have a way for them to get in there and learn. And you got to bring, help bring yourself a steam bag. You got to have counselor, things of that nature. And you gotta have these mental health institute to kind of uh, help you if that be a problem as well. But I one of the um, back out of- one of the themes that comes up over and over again in this show is the fact that it's harder and harder these days to support a family with just one job, um, and unions are seen as a as a real answer to making sure that people have good-paying jobs that are safe to do and a great pension plan. Did you support the Workers' Rights Amendment? No, I, I listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not against, the only thing, I'm not against union. The only thing I said to the union, I say this again, too. You need equal opportunity, equality against, I mean, for every citizen that is out there. You know, that's a people decision. Everybody got a right to do what they want to do in, 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 in life, you know. But equal opportunity, equality, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-people, you know. I, I, you well, know, if the only opportunity you have is a low-paying job, that's not really the pathway to have well, a great I, life or I, I, a great family. Yeah, yeah, but look here. We got to work with the union. And after the union has to take then 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 get involved with the city and the city get involved with the union and look at all the trade that they can teach the community who who do not have the experience and get them up to part. We have to get them involved and talk with them. You know? And and and, and once we get that and communicate then we get things to moving. But you know, like like you know, look, my job is to do what the people would like me to do by communicating and getting it done and show leadership, you know, get in there and negotiate. If 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 I gotta get something passed, a bill passed, you don't pass a bill that forty percent of the people against you. You know, you don't do that. You go and talk to them one on one, work with the community and then you pass something. 
it's got to get the consensus of a majority of them. But unions and things of that nature, we got to talk together, put some things together. It's much easier for everybody. You know, uh, they don't have about 15, maybe 14 areas that is, let's say, depressed. Because a lot of those particular areas that don't have, can't make a living, they don't have the experience. That's why I say they, they put trade in school, but you can get the union, help with that, with trade and community center. Uh, union can help with that, too. Uh, put them in churches. You know, even the computer. You know, I say, look, let's work together and, and make this thing work. I don't have all of the answer to everything. I'm not going to just sit here and say that. But I, the answer will be talking and working things out. My life have been, since I uh, was 13, ran away from home, and one day in the eighth grade, all the education that I got, and but we still made it. We will have gotten everything in life that my heart have desired and made it. It ain't been easy, but we found ways to work it out and to get through these hard times together. Uh, I made and built tough fight. We are talking with mayoral candidate Dr. Willie Wilson. Um, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about schools and uh, we're going to talk about property taxes. More right after this. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. Now back to Joan Esposito. Live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. Here at WCPT, we are talking to all the candidates for mayor. I am currently joined by Dr. Willie Wilson. And uh, we have a text question that came in. Hi, Joan. Does Mr. Wilson accept the current system of utilizing property taxes to fund our public schools? Is it fair? Is it equitable? What do you think, Dr. Wilson? Well, first of all, I, I think what they have to do, every time you the politician today got a problem, they raise taxes on people. <laughs> That's the wrong way of doing it. You know, you got to work your way through and bail it out. The other way these deep politicians is also taking then uh not only raising taxes, they're raising their own pay pay uh paycheck. You know. I I I think what they gotta do is get in there and hold those these uh, politicians accountable and in order to keep things down, it, it goes to the school but they gotta have other resources. You gotta lower taxes to bring business in in order that you got the dollars that goes around and and, and to uh, to take care of things, I, I don't believe that that the way you should should go. We need more than just private taxes to support schools. The, uh, the state it can look at some kind of ways of doing it that, but it left up to the mayor to make the thing work. Bring in new business, have business stay here. Bring in people from out of the suburban to look at. Mission Avenue, look at the city of Chicago. Uh, don't let people leave like, uh, 14 leave like, look like the Chicago Bears that you didn't get in there and support it before it got to where it's at now. Uh, you know, you, you, you gotta work and keep these things here and then you would see things begin to change. And then the education system here again is that kids are no longer, parents no longer letting the kids as a whole, go to the public school because they're afraid of uh, violence. Uh, also, you know, recently, uh, a few years back, 
you got kids uh, being uh, sexual abuse and things of that nature. And then, you know, you also got the the mayor of say, Chicago said she loved the school, but she's in there trying to get kids to help her with her reelection using the kid. So this kind of carrying on has got to go. You know, well, you talked so you uh, along these lines. Dollars. You talked earlier about lowering taxes on big corporations and small businesses. What about property taxes? Um, do you think that we well, should I lower those? That. We, we, we should we should work and lower those too. But see what I've got to do. You got to streamline your budget and go and cut calls to set out of all this these these things. Like you got consultant, you got to bid out contractors, saying people that. Let's say if you're going to make a hammer and you're selling a hammer for $500, you know, because the same person uh going to do your favors for your reelection. Now, you might buy that hammer if you bid it out for, let's say, $500, you might buy that hammer for $50 or $100. You know, you go and you hire a consultant, you know, consultant that you don't need, you know, but you hire him because you owe favor to you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, 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 you get kicked back. From people who donate to your campaign, you, you, you cut all that out. I, I have none of that baggage going with what's going with me. None of it. You streamline all of that, then you'll find that people start shopping in Chicago. People from outside start coming in, and you won't have to worry about these private tax. You begin to lower them. You know, I believe Indiana last year gave back a two hundred fifty dollars per citizen. I think it was. Uh, for last year, and now I can do it, so we can do it. You know, I, I, I just, uh, that's how I see it. And I'm not saying now it's going to be easy, but these are some different. You, we can't do the same thing that we've been doing. You keep going down, you know, but I'm going to be much better than who you got now, you know. Um, Dr. Wilson, we have another caller who uh, wants to talk with you. Um, I'm sorry, Andy, I don't see his... Isaac, Isaac wants to talk with you, Dr. Wilson. Go ahead, Isaac, you're on with me and Dr. Willie Wilson. Good evening, Dr. Wilson and Joan. Um, my question is this, Dr. Wilson, I'm a yoga practitioner, I'm a yogi, I'm somebody who's been practicing yoga all their life, and I practice yoga in Chicago Public Schools, but one of the issues that I see is that kids don't get enough exercise. In fact, the question never comes up. They don't get any exercise at all. So when I see kids going around with all this stress, suffering from anxiety, depression, there is no exercise. These kids aren't getting any exercise. They don't go to the park. And I'm, I'm just one yoga practitioner. I've written a program called Yoga for Your Eyes, and I'm a yoga practitioner. And this is a program that I would like to see in Chicago Public School. But, uh, the, always the issue is the funding. So um, that's my question. How can we help these kids to deal with anxiety and stress in a world where it's, you know, so full of stress and anxiety and these kids don't get any exercise? And I'm just one yoga practitioner. So if you can come in and help me out on this, I appreciate it. Dr. Wilson? I, 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 yeah. I, I think... Andy, did we just... Um, and, and, oh. and, and, I'm sorry. I, I lost you in my in my earpiece for a few seconds. I, th- I thought maybe we'd lost you, Dr. Wilson. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
I, I think we need to pull uh, people in like himself to give ideas and suggestions, make fine ways of putting the funding in there for kids to be able to 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 exercise is uh, type of exercise they need, uh, as, as well as get the, the proper nutrition, you know, that they need as well. Uh, I, so I uh, how about free breakfasts and and free school lunches? And do you support early childhood education? Uh, yes, I do. I but, but free lunches and uh, breakfast, I support the, uh, the, the the people who cannot afford it. All right. In other words, I have some very wealthy friends uh, living in the suburban. And when the check came by that the COVID nineteen, well, the the check came direct to them too, and and and, and so my friend said, the son and daughter came to them and said, Dad, why are we getting these checks? We don't need the money, all right? Well, they wealthy, they didn't need the money, you know, but so they kept the money anyway, but didn't need it, all right? So so for those who can uh, cannot afford it. Then we help them, but those that can afford it, you let them pay their way, you know. And and so I think that had to be in place that those who need food to eat and exercise to help better them physical and and, and mind wise as well should have the opportunity to to make a way so they can get that because they don't have the necessary resources because otherwise than that they end up. Um, you know, um, dying early or in the prison system, we pay for it one way or another, you know? And and so there's something that you have to put aside trying to save a dollar on it. Your people come first, and then you'll find a dollar for everything else. You should find a dollar for the citizens of Chicago. Um, we have another caller who wants to ask you a question. Chris is calling in from Chicago. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, this is Chris from Chicago. How you doing? Good. How you do? Okay. I have a question. When 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 you talk about bringing a prisoner to plan for prisoners to come home and get reformed, um, I was I was just curious. Are you paying for? What are you doing to bring these prisoners home back to Chicago? What 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 job opportunities are you giving to these residents in Chicago as an opening factories mm-hmm. and businesses so Chicago residents that you're getting out of prison can work? Mm-hmm. And and not just people get. It's important to offer job opportunities for people getting out of prison. It's also important to offer job opportunities for people who live in neighborhoods where there just aren't any. How would you increase jobs, Doctor Wilson, for everybody? Well, 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 yeah. Well, I look. They're twofold here. Some of the people that get out in prison got no place to go, and they go right back into prison. You know, uh, because they don't have job or food to eat, and they get back into prison so they can have food to eat and and their health and things of that nature as as well. And those those are those one that live into area of uh, financially can't uh, survive. But there's an infrastructure here 
because you can still take a job making, if you take a job making minimum wage, you can't even afford to pay for insurance that way uh, because there's not enough dollars there. And I was speaking of the situation while I was uh, help prepare. One is that a person that is in school going to move from one grade to next grade must have a trade. Those people who in, in those particular prison systems, so they don't have a job, but they have a good paying job to keep them from going backward. And how you take them and kind of do that is that to keep jobs that is here now, my thing, and bring new jobs into it, you have to make it attractive. You got to lower taxes and get crime down, you know, because nobody's not going to want to come to business in your neighborhood if crime is high. And nobody, if your tax is high, nobody will want to take and do that either. So I'm saying that you got you to work on that and then lower these things and work that and make it attractive. But trying would be number one because you've got to get a hold of it. You have to have people respecting the people who work in our community who are police officers. We got to get a hold of this crime situation and get that broken up so we can start making the place attractive for, for people. Dr. To Wilson, come here. we um we have uh, just a, a minute or two left. What what would you like our listeners to know about you or to take away from this interview? What's the one point you want them to remember? Well. I'm, I'm donating my time free of charge without a paycheck. Uh, also, um, if, if we can spend that kind of money personally, myself, and give it away, probably last year, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 million dollars of my own money away, you know, and care about Chicago just that much. Think about what we're going to do uh, once we become mayor of the city of Chicago, equal opportunity, equality for everybody. I don't want nothing from from a uh, financial from the city of Chicago and people I'm doing this just to help. Um, you, you, you know, so, uh, look, make a decision. I, I do hope you go out and vote. Even if you're not vote for me, vote for somebody, you know? So, so I, I, I'd say, uh, outside of that, uh, look, uh, it's a tough job and, and I, I am a person of faith and I say, Hey, pray for me. That's good enough. I don't ask for any citizen of Chicago. Just just pray for me and I get this job, that we can get the job done according to my faith and according to the citizens of Chicago, that we can please the people that live here and want to raise their kids and family, get down these crimes, get down these taxes. Dr. Wilson, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you taking so much time with us and uh, our listeners and answering their questions um, Willie Wilson is going to be on the ballot February 28th. It is two weeks from today. Thanks, Dr. Wilson. Thanks for being here. All right. Have a, have a great night. Um, that's going to do it for me. Driving it home with the lovely and talented Patty Vasquez is next. Um, I will see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And uh, Santita Jackson will greet you at 6 a.m. in the morning. So have a great evening, my friends. Stay safe. I will see you tomorrow. Good night.